0: and welcome back to the not so fit couple podcast with your hosts lucy davis
1: i'm benjamin halden
0: we have new microphones everybody and no, we
1: don't
0: yeah we do what do we have
1: we have a new stand for the microphones
0: well why does it sound so much so better mixer a no oh carl has got a new microphone
1: it's great i, I feel like Carl, you need to tilt your your mic slightly down it's, that, that, it's not my podcast so i don't want to yeah, but really? You sound crystal clear. Mm, we Honestly, hello, we everybody.
0: have headphones on and we, we're listening to ourselves and it sounds fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I love it.
1: What is your relationship like with alcohol? That's, that's going to be the question <laughs> today. The topic. Can, can I be turned down a slight bit on my, headphone, my headphones? Pos- You're giving yourself hello? a headache. Yeah, my own voice is uh, a bit louder. Oh yeah, it's leather. completely gone off now. A bit more, a bit more. Yeah, that's good. Better? perfect that yeah. is louder than it was before no it's too, too loud, <laughs> too, too, too loud. No, turn me down a little tiny bit oh my God.
0: this is what happens when yeah, you have a new yeah. a, a yeah. new mic set up but that honestly sounds perfect if it sounds better guys if you listen on youtube drop a little comment if you think it also we, sounds we're better. we're constantly
1: upgrading the set we're constantly <gasps> getting better guests in but the only way that we can do that is if you subscribe to the podcast either on youtube spotify apple uh, and continue to leave reviews because it helps us get better and better guests on
0: yeah absolutely just before we dive into talking about alcohol and the consumption and social pressures no, and dead. sobriety
1: these ones so these are the <laughs> new ones we've got the salted caramel almonds we basically set the, the podcast set up every week kyle brought these back down whilst i was prepping for the podcast and said i'm going to have to leave these in this room yeah because it's it's rapidly spoiling me yeah, i can't trust myself around them they're yeah. so good these i think these no joke those ones that you're about to eat used to be my favourite. These are 10 ten.
0: They're what are they? So they're an almond covered in oh my white God. salted caramel chocolate. The thing with car. coro is they're I'll throw one so... which is the
1: same size as house bricks, so ready.
0: They're so enjoyable to eat.
1: Have you had one of
0: these? Yeah, I have had one of those. I actually put a few in my muesli this morning. Um, oh my, my favourite is still the <laughs> 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 My Favourite is still guys, nobody eat on mic. We'll get blocked. Um these nibbles are still my favourite, though, because we love that we've been able to fill up the new jar, which means we've had a new totally. order of Coro before Ben's managed to finish the whole thing.
1: Oh, we actually met Coro at um, FIBA. We
0: did. We met, yeah, we, we met Coro. We met Coro like as a person, <laughs> we met yeah. The, we met the person, Coro. Um, yeah, no, we did meet them at FIBA, and it was awesome to actually see some of the guys who worked there. And we do have a discount code, of course, and it's not so fit. So get yourself five, five not so fit five, Get yourself some discount from crow because the stuff on there is absolutely incredible i also bought like six more liters of oat milk which is yummy
2: yeah
1: so if you are one of those who, who likes to stock up your pantry it's these me. are the, these are the perfect snack,
0: snack snacky, snack
1: also i know this episode's going to go out a little bit later because we've been recording here there and everywhere all over the world massive well done <laughs> to all those people who ran the london marathon all those my coach marathon runners well done, guys! It's been great seeing all the stuff from people who listen to the podcast, who were listening to the podcast during the London Marathon. I Love that!
0: I wonder what people like episodes people were listening to.
1: It was great seeing all the MyCoach people drop into the community group that um, they've used the Muscle Marathon, which mm-hmm. is one of our main programs. Again, if you want to check that out for next year, we'll be looking at Run the Marathon next year. You can dive onto the app and. I'm sure we've got a link for seven-day free trial, haven't we? Which we'll leave. Yeah, we've got a leave in the description if you want to try ch- mm-hmm. if you want to try the muscle marathon programme. It's something that you're looking at doing next year, get on it. Massive congrats to Nutty and Grant.
0: Oh my god, yeah. So we obviously went to support Steph and Grant. This is what we do as a four. We we go round each other and see what we're doing. They did incredible. They surpassed yeah. what they were going to do in terms of their times and targets and The weather wasn't exactly on the London Marathon side. It did start to piss it down. It was a little bit cold and they both did so, so well. So yeah, a massive little extra to Grant.
1: So Steph's time was unbelievable. She got three hours, 11 minutes, um, which again, phenomenal for a first first marathon. Uh, Big massive well done to Grant because for Grant, he was injured through the prep. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's done a marathon prep, As Lisa will know, you got injured in the prep. I got injured in the last prep. I think 90% of people who attempt the marathon get injured some point in prep. It's a difficult period to go through and you have to make that decision of whether to carry on or whether to pull out like you did. And Grant was able to carry on, but it does affect times, mentality, mindset going into it. But I think when you have that kind of situation to deal with, it's a massive test, not just physically, but mentally of how much you can push yourself, even though you haven't had the perfect setup and foundation to be able to do so.
0: He wanted sub 4.45 and he did that. He got 4.39 mm. and he did so well. So yeah, London Marathon was an absolute insane event. And hopefully everyone has entered the ballot next mm. year because that's a very exciting thing to do.
1: Alcohol. Yes. We thought, we thought we'd thought we cover alcohol in this week's episode. We're going to talk about a array of different topics, more of a holistic approach around it in terms of the science, some of the effects of alcohol, I think. Probably or mindset and outlook on, on alcohol. Mm-hmm. Probably a couple of funny stories in there. But I think for me, I've recently had a change with my relationship with alcohol. It's the first time that I feel I don't need it anymore.
0: In your whole life?
1: I don't think... Not in my whole life. I don't need it anymore to the volume that I used to drink it at. Or, or probably the frequency as well. At the start of this year, I said, this is going to be the year of the man. That was my... Goals for the year, and that was how I titled the goals for the year. And some of the things that happen in the short term and the next day from alcohol are anxiety, especially for me, Mm. dehydration, irritable, irritable stomach, um, and less focused and less disciplined. And for me, for the year of the man, I needed to have severe focus, I needed to sleep better, I needed better habits. I needed a better routine, I needed to make sacrifices, I needed to be disciplined. And those just, those two were were counterintuitive. So I think for me, because I'd set that stall out of what I want to achieve this year, looking at what alcohol did or does as a short-term after effect, it just didn't marry off with the things I wanted to be, who I wanted to be, and the things that I wanted to try and achieve this year.
0: I also think last year you drank so much, you got sick of it. I did because last year I didn't drink loads. I kind of drank on social occasions, which I kind of do anyway, but because I was prepping for my 100k, I didn't feel the need or I didn't want to waste a whole Sunday feeling shit. Like I did one really hungover run with Steph and it was a 45k and I threw up like every 10k and it was just awful, but that's how like tuned into that 100k I was whereas you would go out every single weekend and I would just be sat at home and I think from your perspective you probably like look back now and think I feel sorry for Lucy I just like left her at home whilst I was going out and then coming in at 2am in the morning I do
1: but I don't regret it no I I like just because you were doing this massive event doesn't mean that then I need to sacrifice all of my life for something that you signed up for because then I'd be sacrificing all the good stuff, but no. Mm. that I'm not getting that euphoria at the end that you're getting from, from doing this event. I don't yeah. regret any of it. I don't regret ever ever drinking. And I'll, I'm gonna drink in the future. It's just that there's gonna be moments in life where perspective change and your goal to change. And I've had some of the best memories and great times when I've been drunk,
2: mm.
1: fact. So I'm not sitting here dissing, drinking alcohol, I'm not judging anyone. It's just at this point in my life with the goal, the massive goals that I've gotten, the things that I wanna achieve. Alcohol just doesn't lend itself to them at this point with what I'm trying to do.
0: I think as well, everyone, most people who went to university definitely had that first year, like freshers week, first year of uni, where you drink so much. Like I was one of those people before going to uni, obviously I swam, so I didn't really have that social life. So when I hit first year of uni, I was like a child and... It was all exciting and I was drinking like three or four days a week and I could just carry on drinking and it was it was a great time but um, I only did that for a year because I went into second year kind of started my businesses and just thought you know what I don't really care (laughs) like I'm over it and that's when I really struggled because I felt all my uni friends anyone who was just around that area it was just like you're so boring Lucy or I just felt like I was being judged if I didn't want to go out and I felt like I just had to keep making excuses. Like, oh, no, no, I've got this to do, or "Oh, I'm going to do this. Or I used to just go and stay with my sister so nobody would question what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I think the pressure around friends that they put on you when you don't want to drink is ridiculous. People like force you to drink and say, you're so boring, you're this, you're that. When you're not having an alcoholic beverage, And like those sort of friends, if you can't be around, if they can't be around you when you're not drinking, get fucking new friends. Like I just (laughs) stop putting pressure on people to drink. I just don't think it's necessary at all. Like I'm only friends with two people now from unity, not necessarily because of that, but a lot of the stuff we had in common in first year was alcohol.
1: Alcohol is the only drug that when you don't do it, you will look at as one of the strange ones or one of the weird ones. If you, when, I don't know. It's a Christmas party, and you were to take out a bag, rack it up, and do lines, and then say to everyone, "We're going to have a line before Christmas dinner." People would be like, "Have you lost your fucking mm-hmm. mind?" And people would look at you like the social recluse. Mm. That's why with alcohol, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's such a strange <laughs> concept that it's so willingly pushed upon people, and you are the odd one out if you don't participate in it. Me and Carlos were speaking about this in the gym this morning, and it it can be a difficult place, especially those around you, put a lot of pressure on you to do it, whether it be friends or family?
0: I think, yeah. I mean, it's really hard because sometimes you want to drink, and we we do, like we go out, we have a great time, we drink, but then there's certain, certain occasions where we just don't want to, whether it's like a family occasion or this or that, and even the people who are closest to you, you still think they have an opinion on it, would that make sense? I've
1: been one of them people before, by the way, who's put pressure on people to drink, and I understand mm-hmm. how it works. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I, I understand. I massively understand, and it's just you just want everyone to have a good time, I think. But having having some kind of sympathy or empathy for other people when they don't want to, especially when people are already drunk, it just doesn't come to the forefront of their mind. It can, it can make it can make you feel super isolated. I think if you are one of the people who doesn't participate in those behaviors that are. For a lot of groups, the heart of groups, whether that be a work group, student life, friends, family, a lot of the time, the coming togethers of those social occasions Mm. are fueled and almost kind of glued together by alcohol.
0: I guess it's also quite environmental in terms of how you've grown up. I didn't really grow up with alcohol when I was little. I used to lick the top of my dad's Guinness (laughs) just to try it and taste it. But we, me and Megan, I'd say we didn't really grow up with that. You know, from like when you've got kids who are like 14, 15, 16 and they're proper drinking at parties with their parents. We didn't really have that. So I don't know if I've never been as into it because of that or it's more so because I grew up in sport and I know the effects that it has on me. But there was a really interesting study that I pulled up you know how we were talking about social anxiety mm-hmm. and when people go out and peer pressure? There was a study conducted with 562 undergraduates who completed this thing where they measured social anxiety, resistance to peer influence, harmful drinking patterns, and it was predicted, and this is what the study showed, students, students with higher levels of social anxiety who also expressed being more susceptible to peer influence reported more harmful drinking and alcohol-related negative consequences so the people who have like really high social anxiety and feel like a lot of pressure in social situation will be the ones who get the most drunk because of the pressure from other people that has been me (laughs) that was me at uni i had really bad social anxiety and everyone would just start pouring drinks down my throat because i was like yeah yeah okay fine and then i was always the one who was so drunk and would just be like sprawled on the floor or something And I was susceptible to that. Like looking back, I knew it's like I couldn't stop it. But obviously I could because I'm my own person. But I never had the guts to be like, no, like I'm actually fine. Like, I don't want to drink.
1: It's that Dutch courage, isn't it? People Mm. drink for the self-confidence. So if you're a person who isn't super self-confident or need the boost in self-esteem because I've been there, I I used to drink. Probably one of the main reasons I used to drink on nights out when I was 16, 17 was to fuel myself so I could speak to other women other girls. Mm. Gave me the confidence, gave me the bottle to be able to go and speak to people. And that happens for a lot of young guys. So I understand where, the, the, especially the culture in the UK, I think it's a lot different to other countries with alcohol, with use of alcohol. I, I was one of those people who all through probably, what, year 10, 11? To, 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 to go ten? you could It's 15. 16. used to go to the park with crates of fosters and we used to finish them off and try and find one of our mates' houses to stay at so we didn't go home and mum and dad wouldn't see me plastered. And that was just part of like the the culture, the UK culture of kids. Mm. Don't know how much that still goes on now, but I'm sure it does. And it's... Do you know what I noticed? It was very different when I went to Dubai. In what way? When I went to Dubai, there was 15, 14, 16 year olds and they were all being massive groups. They would... We went to one or two of the concerts, even after the concerts, before the concerts. In those occasions in the UK for festivals or whatever, because it was almost like a festival held 50, 60, 70,000 people at some of the concerts, 15, 16 year olds there would be plastered. And I've seen them at concerts in the UK like that. In Dubai, stone cold sober, every single one of them, none of them were drinking, none of them were sneaking stuff in. They were wild, but they were they were well behaved. And I think it's just such a different culture in Dubai, especially around alcohol and especially around kids as well. I
0: think, I think as well in the UK, God, like some of the festivals. I I went to Leeds Festival once and I left because I was so traumatised by the whole thing. Like people were just like crawling around in the mud and like so drunk. Like people die at Leeds Fest because they get so drunk and I'm just like, oh my goodness. I think also that's probably a mixture of drugs and alcohol. Um, do you think in Dubai though, it's more so because they're a lot stricter? 100%. I
1: think there's bigger consequences for stuff. I think rules, regulations are... Uh, much come down on uh, authorities come down on those things a lot harder in the police just take alcohol off people that's done i think in dubai fear is a big thing i don't think fear as a punishment works massively but fear and behavior change probably works as quite a good deterrent. so yeah it's you don't see a lot of stumbling drunk people over there and if you do it's mainly brits <laughs>
0: It's not good, is it?
1: No, I think what you just talked about there, there with, with stress and anxiety around drink, there's a knock-on effect of that. So it's a, it's a, it's almost like a vicious circle. Who was talking about how those who are regular drinkers, and this can even just be one or two glasses per night, a couple of drinks on the weekend, has an effect on the brain. Yeah, so it affects the brain, and which then results in more stress at baseline, i.e. when you're not when you're not drunk or haven't got any alcohol in your system at all. So it has long-term effects on stress and anxiety, even when you haven't got any alcohol in your system.
0: It's a depressant, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alcohol is a depressant. Does that mean in terms of, because I have looked into it, but just so you're drinking alcohol, does that any alcohol, like red wine, gin, Doesn't beer, matter what it is, yeah. it's classed as a depressant and just makes you feel a bit mellow and sad. Mm-hmm. Like I used to have gin. <laughs> I was like a gin drinker. I used to make me cry. I just used to cry all pe- the time people, from having yeah. gin. I
1: people, don't know what it was. People respond differently off different forms of alcohol, don't they? Red wine for a lot of people doesn't sit well. You're a big tequila, tequila head now, aren't you?
0: Well, I am now, but I was just looking. For, so alcohol being a depressant, it can disrupt the balance of your chemical messages that happen in your brain in terms of how you feel and your behavior. and it affects the part of your brain that controls inhibition. So it makes you feel relaxed, less anxious, and more confident after a drink, which is why a lot of people drink in the first place. But these effects quickly wear off, and then the chemical changes in your brain can then lead to anger, depression, anxiety, regardless of your mood. So you start on this high, you feel great after having like a drink, and then depending on how much you have or how far it goes, you hit this like plummet, which is why most people the next day feel like an absolute bag of shit, which is your hangover.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. I mean, I think for me, I'm not someone who usually has polarized thinking, black and white thinking, and I've drank a couple of times this year. So I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going sober this year, but I think I've had nice occasions where I've drank and had drinks, mm. and I'll enjoy those probably. The things that train, tra- change for me are probably more my habits and rules with drink in terms of just drink on occasions where it's a big occasion or I'm going for a nice drink with you or a, a, a nice night out with the boys, it's not as regular. Mm. And I don't think you need to bastardize drinking and just cut it all together. I think if you're one of those people who doesn't have a good relationship with alcohol, it's probably just your habits and your relationship that need to change with it. You don't have to cut it out. You don't have to go sober for the year although i think i'd probably like to at some point in my life do a year sober we'll see
0: but it's even with america we've got back from america a couple of
1: weeks we
0: drank every night
1: but it was one it was kind of one or two drinks it was in nice bars nice social occasions
0: epcot oh Oh,
1: god that was yeah (laughs) we got so fucked at
0: epcot (laughs) so if you don't know what epcot is there's 11 countries that you walk around in disney (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you have a drink in every single country and we did it this year. We didn't do it last year. <laughs> By the time you get to the end, which is like Britain and Canada, I literally can't remember. Like we had a Guinness. I think I had like a taste of yours though. Cause it was a bit yeah, you're bouncing. And I was bouncing. But then I couldn't, like Ben started stumbling. and The last one was kind of, we had a mojita. I could not for the life of me get Ben to leave this park. Like he couldn't walk properly and obviously two grown adults. And it's like not nighttime. So everyone can kind of see you. Um, but yeah, so we did drink quite a lot in America. But as Ben said, like I love a margarita. I love a red wine.
1: That's but what, I felt
0: like that was an occasion. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. It's, you don't have to, we're talking about alcohol and we're not trying to put people off. We're not judging people for it. It's just that all... Habits and probably rules have changed around the way that we drink to make it a, a a better experience for us and more enjoyable. Because you have those occasions, like we said, Epcot bar crawl. One of the other big ones that come to mind is when we had Stephen Grant round and we were all <laughs> plastered on the kitchen floor, laughing our heads off with Moana on the background. Yeah. And we were smashing Cadbury's eggs. in. When? Oh, we
0: went wine tasting. We went tasting. wine tasting. That's
1: what I mean. There's, there's occasions and there's some of them. There's some of the best occasions that I've had in my life in terms of memories. I've been drunk yeah. induced, And that's why I'd never cut it out because... My life would probably be a lot more boring had I not had some of those occasions. Um, so it, it, it's definitely a balancing act.
0: You touched on there just about sobriety. Yeah. I'll just give the definition just in case yeah. nobody knows what it is. Sobriety is the condition of not having any measurable levels or effects from alcohols or drugs and is also considered to be the natural state of a human being at birth. So you're going back to being your your true form, your your baby self. Mm. Excuse me, I'm a bit coffee today, I apologise. Um, there's obviously loads of reasons that people do choose to go sober. One of the biggest ones is in response to problems that alcohol has inflicted on someone's life. So they want to cut it out because it's caused other issues or there's like problems with alcohol or people want to try and lose weight. That can be quite a big one if you have a massive consumption of alcohol in your life. And what's really interesting, there's a massive rise in like college students, university students who now aren't as bothered about drinking. They're not as bothered. Like loads of studies have shown kids aren't as bothered about drinking as much. And it's also getting really expensive. The cost of living is going up and people are cutting down going out, which means they're reducing their alcohol consumption.
1: I think the acceptance of it is probably a big (coughs) thing as well Then, in terms of people not being worried about being judged for not drinking. Yeah. But it, 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 the reason why I said it's a balancing act is because naturally probably people won't go out as much if they're not drinking. So it's a balancing act sometimes between less mistakes versus less memories. And that's sometimes the counteract. And sometimes it's good to have, <laughs> make more mistakes and have more memories. Sometimes it's good to have less mistakes and less memories. But Cal, you don't really drink
2: much, do you? Off mute? Yeah, no, I don't drink. Um, I probably haven't drank... I probably haven't been drunk three times in any year of my life why i don't know i i think in my family it's just not a big thing Mm -hmm. i've never seen my dad drunk ever it's just Um, a cultural thing as well yeah my mum my mum was a drink but i don't know i i also used to work in bars for quite a while in university and used to see people just get absolutely Ah, fucked constantly but it, it was interesting when you were talking about peer pressure i was thinking about a time in bali um i worked there and i i was working there for a summer and i went out to a bar with a load of influencers who i really looked up to And we went out and we got really drunk and we all rode our mopeds there. Um, And when we were at the bar, we were just getting absolutely fucked up on just like cheap cocktails. And then I I just assumed naturally, like we'd all get a taxi back. And they all just jumped on their scooters and like rode back to the villa we were at. Drunk. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, come on. Like, we're going back. We've got stuff to do at the villa. I was like, well, I'm obviously not driving back. And they were like, well, you need to. And I was like, well, okay. Is that just the norm there then? Yeah, completely normal. But like three days earlier, I'd seen someone dead on the side of the road from crashing their bike. I had no insurance, like it was completely sketchy. So I ended up like semi like scoot, like pushing it, like not riding it. But yeah, it was really sketchy. And, and I never used to think that peer pressure would be a thing for me. But then I found myself very much like bowing to it because I respected them quite a lot. Sad stuff. Yeah, it's uh,
1: it's a difficult thing to navigate through, I think. And again, I think it depends on, for, for me, my mum and dad were two polar opposites. So mom, you know, mum's like loves to loves drink. Yeah. It's probably an understatement. And my dad doesn't really drink that much or that often. Yeah, it's like the casual drink, so I'm kind of balancing up between the two, but it, I think it's definitely probably going to have an influence on you, what your friends and, and family are like as well. And I think the reason I started drinking quite a lot last year, which I've only just really thought about now, is because we moved locations from Manchester mm-hmm. to Chester. We had a different social group. Some of them we still, we, we knew beforehand, but some were, were new. And it was almost that thing that me and Carlsberg, about well, the other day, and I've got friends who are like this, is that when you're in a new place you're a bit more skeptical about it you're not going to be as confident there's new people to meet first impressions count you don't fully kind of let yourself go but then alcohol allows you to do that and has almost gives you a sense of false security or, or false confidence and you say things do different things and if that behavior is then positively positively reinforced by your peers it's going to make you want to continue to do that so that was. I suppose almost happening for me with something I haven't really spoke about, but it was almost becoming like, you know, the, the way the class clown is like, yeah, well done. <laughs> Positively reinforces those behaviors. I was probably getting that every time that I drank because I was this different wild person. Yeah. And it's being like the local dick and being applauded for it. So there's yes. probably elements of that in there.
0: <laughs> A local dick, mm-hmm. but I think it's as well though we moved in November, so we went straight into like the Christmasness yeah. big, of it all. Big Send Christmas two thousand twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. yeah. I got so drunk. New Year's, I booked the ultra.
1: Yeah. Like, well, that's what it means. You wouldn't have <laughs> booked bu- you may not have booked <laughs> yeah. the ultra without I being would
0: I would not. I don't think I would have had the balls to book it without that whole bottle of red yeah. wine. That's what I mean There's negatives and positives. Um, but just jumping back to that when you talk about university students, because that's where it more so happens a lot of the time. We
1: like to let's with Lucy. Cause Lucy I used, that used to mate. stress
0: me out. That used to stress me out. Sometimes I just used to like dribble it down myself and be like, hey, did it. <laughs> have you, you, ever, you <laughs> ever done that though with a drink? Like all your mates doing a shot and you just took it over your shoulder. That is me. Anyone else? I'm like, yay, tequila shot, woo. <laughs> have it back.
1: We'll just, just it. It. I used to sometimes go to the tramway games. That, hey, at this point, I must've been 15, hated beer. And we had we had a crate of Carlsberg each. Oh yeah, I was fucked after about two. Everyone else was still slamming down. I was sat on there doing a rock in the park before trying my game. I was just like this pouring beer away <laughs> that way, pouring and because so everyone was so messed up already. Yeah, nobody even realised. You wouldn't. I deck They thought I decked ten cans. <laughs> there's, there's a there's a Carlsberg swamp behind me, and everyone was then call me uh, ten can Ben. Yeah, they thought I was the. That's what I mean. Again, they were reinforcing that behavior that I'd been able to handle that much drink, but I hadn't. Yeah. I just pulled it. <laughs> but there,
0: so there's always been a lot of surveys conducted in terms of alcohol. And I just thought I'd throw a few little stats at people. The proportion of 16 to 24-year-olds who do not drink alcohol has increased from 18% in 2005 to 29% in 2015. And 11% of Gen Zs, Zedders, Zs, Z's Age 21 to 24 or reported being sober curious. So younger people are now curious about alcohol and they're not drinking as much since the pandemic. So there's a massive spike in alcohol consumption during COVID and during the pandemic, because we, I mean, we used to go through like a bottle, a bottle and a half of red every weekend because it was like, oh, what should we cook this weekend? We'll have it with a bottle of red wine because oh, it nice. became, yeah, it was really nice, but that's it increased during COVID and in 2022, Sales of non-alcoholic products saw a 19% increase in the first two weeks of January, while alcohol sales were down by 6.7%. Isn't that mad? Like you al you know, like a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. You had one the other day. Yeah, we both, at that we both big place. had a
1: non-alcoholic drink at the big place.
0: Mocktail. Um they've gone up by 19%, whereas alcohol itself has gone down by 6.7%. That's something that I used to do quite a lot though. I used to just have like a glass of water with ice and be like, yeah, it's a vodka, vodka on ice. Mm-hmm. And nobody like second, third year of uni, I like fake drank most of the time. I used to pretend like nobody knew. I could have had gin in a glass. It was fucking water. You daft idiot. If water in my glass, stop. Because then if you, if what I found out had such bad social anxiety, if I was holding a drink, people wouldn't buy me one. Little did they know it was water ice with a lemon.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that annoys me when people (laughs) keep topping up your drink. Like my mum loves it, but I hate it. I'm like, fuck off. I'll drink at my own pace, stop topping me up and like scoot me along to drink more. And if you're one of those people who's also being handed drinks or you're drinking a drink, excluding shots, that you don't like. Don't be pressured into drinking something. You wouldn't on any other day go to the shop and buy yourself a drink that you do not like and finish it. Yeah. So don't feel pressured that you have to you have to do that and go it, over the over the top with it.
0: Yeah, because if someone And
1: that's the other thing is that if you know that you're one of those people who makes mistakes when they're drunk and it's not leading to a better life, you need to reconsider what you are doing because a lot mm. of times alcohol is blamed for taking drugs eating too much, uh, people cheating, people getting injured, even even death. Like, you need to reconsider your options if you're one of those people who, when they are drunk, you are a far worse off person.
0: Yeah, that's really true, actually. That's more of like a self-reflection thing, isn't it? I, I definitely had. Maybe it was even like first year of uni where I did drink a little bit more. I didn't really like who I was as a person. I was just a bit annoying. Like, shh. Shut up, Lucy, you fucking well annoying. Like, I was just loud and I'd cry a lot and I'd walk all over the place and like, oh, where's <sighs> Lucy? I didn't really like that, who I was as a person. So maybe it was a slight switch in terms of assessing, like, I'm not, I don't like that person anyway. Mm-hmm. That's in terms of when you take it a step too far. Yeah. Like, being just, being able to have a drink is great. Like, I love just having a drink. But I think it was that pressure people just would top up your drink but then they'd also buy you another drink and if you were drinking say like gin or well like a vodka red bull and then someone buys you something else and then you're mixing drinks that was always the issue and then yeah i did i didn't really like the person that who who i was so i think that's a really valid point that you've made yeah
1: it's almost it's almost alcohol's like a feeder drug feeder drug because nobody if they haven't drank alcohol is going out and going, oh, i have a couple of lines of cocaine. Mm. I'd imagine there's not many people, I'd like to think there's not many people who would go and cheat mm. on their partner, but when fueled with mass amounts of alcohol, the decision-making is then thrown off. There's a lot of people who will diet all week round, would never dream of going and getting up in the middle of the night and having a kebab, but after being fed alcohol all night, they'll happily go and plaster a big fat donner or a pizza. So that it's almost like a feeder drug to these other avenues to make decisions that you would never usually make.
0: But then also people then use it as an excuse. They're I know, like, oh, it's
1: because I was what, drunk. Yeah, but you, what I mean is you've made that decision to be drunk, so you've still got to take responsibility for those actions because you drank, which then led to the next decision. And you know, as a person, that when you take or have drink, it leads to these bad decisions. Mm. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of weighing up mistakes versus memories.
0: Oh no, yeah, absolutely. But a lot of the time people are like, oh no, it's because I was drinking and people get themselves in horrendous situations. Like the cheating one, for example, your partner goes off, sleeps someone. Oh, it was alcohol. Short foot, like, no, like that's not even a a reason or an excuse, break up, you'd break up with Mm -hmm. them. So someone has chosen to do something stupid because of alcohol. And yeah, it does affect your like cognitive function and how you are as a person. But people blame alcohol. You chose to drink the alcohol, so it's your decision. You were under the influence, but you still did something that's absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. And then you've you've gone and hurt your partner. And yeah, same thing, not as like trivial, but you're dieting and you've done this and then you have 10 McDonald's and you wake up the next day like, oh, it's because of the alcohol. It is, but you also choose to make those decisions mm-hmm. yourself. With the sobriety one, When would you possibly do that
1: probably when you're pregnant
0: (laughs) makes sense i would also be doing it
1: yeah that's what i mean that's why it'd be it'd be easier because you're doing it as well i think it'd be a cool thing to probably do together
0: yeah i'd 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 never i mean i don't drink a lot anyway so it wouldn't be a problem for me to stop drinking um but a lot of people because i i'm very partial to a glass of red wine i love a glass of red wine it's, some people, when they don't drink a lot and then they're pregnant, they will crave... Struggle, yeah. <laughs> You'll crave alcohol. Imagine if all the things that I start to crave when I'm pregnant is just a glass of red wine, but I would I would never touch a drink whilst pregnant.
1: You love a good quad vod though, don't you?
0: What's a quad vod? Remember the,
1: right? Lucy's birthday? Which birthday but was you were, it? You were, oh, it, was, it was the first time you were really drunk when we were together. It was your birthday. I know uh, when you're really drunk, pushes. there's people in the bar and she's going... Do you, do you want a Jaeger bomb as well? Oh, yeah, I do, you do, want do a, that. And we're I in like do the do most that. expensive. We're in Gino's by the way, which is like an Italian restaurant. So it's not like when you go to some bar where if you had flip flops on, you'd walk and it gets stuck to the floor. It was a nice place where you'd probably spent seventy pound on Jaeger bombs more. to people who you'd would never would have seen ever again in your life. And then we went from there to Slater's. Anyone remember Slater's in Liverpool? Double doubles. Yes. Ew. So we had it was it was quadruple vodka. With the mixer wicked. was wicked. Wow!
0: But it tasted—it
1: was like tasted great. It was like petrol. It was like a pint of petrol. I thought it was. Wasn't yeah, it? but you—I you remember you—you you had it and you were like,
0: "It's lovely." What is
1: this? Then next minute I looked over and she was just like, "Gone." Yeah, it was like you've been—it was like the excess you've been possessing you. It was like against the wall. It was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can't. Well, I can't remember. I can't remember that night.
1: But I know you can't remember that because at we'd we'd <laughs> finished the night out. <laughs> Me and Lucy go to the taxi rank. I literally, because I'm tired. Ugh. You know, like you've got a shop front. I lean on the shop front just for a second to go on my phone. But,
0: but like behind me,
1: slightly behind Lucy. Lucy starts ringing me five yards in front of me. <laughs> I look at my phone. I'm like, I'm looking well, at. Her, didn't I didn't answer. I didn't answer because I was like, "What are you doing?" And then she starts crying. I was like,
0: hysterically. Yeah, crying. hysterically
1: crying. I answer the phone five yards behind. I go, "Hello." She's going, Where? Are, I've, I've, you've just left me in the middle I'm in the middle of Liverpool in town. As I said, look behind you. Literally five yards behind you.
0: And then I was so angry yeah. that he'd left me. <laughs> and I couldn't get over it in the taxi because I thought... If I thought
1: you would have smelt it, that's how close <laughs> to me you were.
0: I thought you had left me though, but then obviously you hadn't. But I couldn't piece it together. And then we were in this taxi and I was so upset and angry that you'd left me and you hadn't is this like
2: a trend with you this because i remember when we were in berlin you were absolutely battered i managed to just hide behind <laughs> I just you remember that. <laughs> oh carl tell a story so that was good that was, an- that was another good night in but see another berlin, berlin nice like occasion
1: berlin we were in when we were shooting another podcast another nice occasion with a lot of people we don't see often we had a few
2: drinks yeah no it was good fun we got with jack and lauren it was fab yeah but no we were in in berlin it was raining so lucy had a hood up she looked a bit like kenny from south park no, no, i had
0: my gilet like over me let's okay, just give it an advancement Cal. but then
2: out of nowhere i was stood probably like a foot away from you said where's carl i turned around and then you just started looking around really slowly, so I just started walking directly <laughs> behind yeah. you, and for a good five minutes, you thought I was just lost in be- in
0: I was concerned,
2: Cologne. but everybody else knew Cal yeah, was directly behind you. I
0: had my massive G over. so I couldn't. You turn your head, you can't see anything. So every time I turn, Cal was behind me. Yeah,
1: your spatial awareness completely yeah, when just you drink disappeared, gone.
0: Yeah. yeah, but you did remind me of that Jaeger bomb story. I was that fucking person who was like, "Yeah, drinks on me." No. Yeah. Like, I was so bad for that. I don't know what was wrong with me. And I just used to spend quite a lot of money. Favourite drink? My favourite drink.
1: Favourite drinks all around.
0: In what in what kind of season are we in?
1: No, Luce, we're not doing seasons.
0: But I have seasonal, so I have t- only two drinks, and they're seasonal. I don't care.
1: Favourite drink right now?
0: <sighs> yeah, don't, you know, we you know which two they are, though.
1: You've got to choose one.
0: For the rest of my life, I can only have no, one. No, you're more.
1: having a drink right now.
0: Oh, I have a glass of red wine. No,
1: okay. Favorite drink, just hands down. Margarita, yeah.
2: Carl, cool.
0: and to get red wine.
2: Margaritas are pretty sick. I'm a cocktail man. I do not like beer in any way. But it's it's either a amaretto sour. Oh yeah, like haven't had that for a while. They're amazing. I, yeah. make, I make great ones as well with whiskey as well. Um, or a mai tai. Love a Mai tai. Oh, oh that's, that's an an a, interesting that's a fantastic my thai it's one of those drinks
1: as well when you go to bars sometimes they do not know how to make them
2: yeah it's one of those ones like if you want a margarita everyone knows it's cointreau tequila lemon juice sugar salt bang in a glass not
0: everyone knows that Kyle I didn't know that true oh lime, <laughs>
2: lime juice sorry not lemon juice um but yeah the my thai is like a very it doesn't really exist there's no firm recipe for it. it's also really fucking hard to make correct but yeah Mai thai is it what about
1: you Ben? What has been my new favourite drink, Lucy Lewis?
0: Shafa That
1: was last year's drink.
0: Oh, your new favourite drink that you have had this year. Hmm. Guinness! Hey. Yeah, sorry, but, right. okay,
1: I've never liked Guinness in my whole (laughs) life. For my 30-odd years I've been alive, I've never liked Guinness. I always thought when my dad had it, tastes like pond water that's been in the fridge for four weeks with, like, a baby frappuccino on it, but I actually enjoy it now. And I kind of convinced myself to like it, I think, thoroughly when we were in America because it was really hot. I... I don't mind beer, but I can't drink a lot of it because it bloats me. It's super, super, super fizzy. Guinness, very flat, really refreshing, cold. And I started to make up this excuse where I said to Lucy, really good for your stomach. No, you really kept going. Great for your stomach.
0: What you did most nights in America, you were like, I've got a really sore stomach. And you do get a sore stomach sometimes. So I was like, oh, you're like, I'll get a
1: Guinness. Yeah. And I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> like that makes no sense. But every night I was like, oh, I've got really sore. I'll get a Guinness. And after the Guinness, he's like, I feel really good. Mm. There is a lot of iron in Guinness, though, there's isn't There's actually
1: there? not. There's 0.3 milligrams of iron in Guinness, and you need 19 milligrams per day. It's one of those old, oh. old, of false truths. There, there is there yeah. is more iron in it. No, but that's yeah. why I wonder. Like, your granddad, my granddad used to go, I have a Guinness load of iron in that, good for you. Yeah, granddad's 0.3 milligrams.
0: <laughs> it's basically like the, th- the yeah, foam yeah. and there's nothing there in is, it. Um, <laughs> there
1: is more fiber and folate in Guinness, which... Beer doesn't have, which is like one of the, the more beneficial things of it.
0: Does Guinness have yeast in? Yep. But beer has like a significant amount of yeast, mm-hmm. and that's why it makes you bloat so
1: much. I don't know if it's the yeast that makes you bloat. I haven't fully looked into the properties that cause that.
2: I guess it's the way that to brew that. Yeah, so the way that alcohol is produced is that yeast feeds on something like barley or fruit, mm-hmm. if you're making cider or whatever, and then it produces alcohol. So there's not actually any yeast in it because when you get over a certain amount of alcohol in the drink, the yeast dies oh. because it doesn't live in alcohol. But yeah, so there's not actually yeast in it, but it's made with yeast. like marmite. It's yeast extract, you know.
0: Love marmite.
2: Me, Love we, marmite. Um, me and Carl at the Guinness, and we were we in Berlin. We did. And if I'm honest, I felt a bit like you with the Carlsberg. Yeah. I just fucking hated it.
1: Because we were in an Irish bar. Yeah. You, you've got to in that. I, I think... But I, I was saying before, obviously, if, you, if you're drinking something that you fucking hate, pour it away. And then there's those occasions where... You it's it's di- it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's social pressure versus, versus like cultural norms of being in that space. And I, I mean, there's certain things that you probably do if you went to a different country that you'd be like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I don't like doing that. But because it's a cultural norm, you do it anyway. When you go to an Irish bar, you have a Guinness.
0: We had and a red wine.
1: You had a red wine. And we did the the, the Guinness G challenge where you're down, down the top of it. You were, as ever, just annoyingly good at that.
0: Yeah, he's just, Yeah. Very strange I've I've, I've started
1: to like a Guinness, been really good.
0: One of the things that I really wanted to touch on, because I think this is very relevant for the Not So Fit Couple podcast, is the actual effects on sport, fitness, performance, how you feel both Mm -hmm. mentally and physically. Now, alcohol quite obviously is detrimental to sports performance because of how it affects your body Mm -hmm. during like any form of physical exercise. And then it's adverse effects on brain functions. It's a diuretic, so you're going to be so dehydrated. One of the things that I do when I do drink, I get back in and down like a litre, not down a litre of water, but before I go to sleep I'll have a lot of water, because it always makes you feel better. Um, It's more so to do with like your kidneys and the alcohol consumption, but it also interferes with your, like the body's metabolism. You generally feel quite shit after having alcohol. I know I've definitely got up and tried to do a run sometimes and I am definitely so drunk. Like I don't feel good at all. Like I'd rather just go for a walk. Um, and it's just, I guess it's something that I do take into consideration because I would preferably a lot of the time love to get up on a Sunday and go for a lovely run or a walk and feel fresh the whole day. That's just personal preference to me. I also get very bad hangovers. I've got a bit of a phobia of them and I won't be hungover or feel feel cognitively a bit shit for at least three days if mm. I've had a lot of alcohol. And for me, like we run businesses. I don't want to feel cloudy and fucked for three days. So I just, depending on what we're doing, in yeah, I've got, I got a little bit carried away and had a very sore head the next day. But I just kind of pull it back a bit for personal preference I, in terms of how I feel. Feeling that bad. I felt horrendous when I woke up. Also, one
1: of the big things of why you feel like that way is dehydration and Mm -hmm. an electrolyte imbalance. And also, plus, there's a chemical called acetaldehyde, which also plays a process in why you feel hungover. Me and Carl were speaking about this morning. There's actually a, a medicine tablet, dissolvable. It's available in most gas stations. I think it is in China and Japan that you can take the morning you get back. And it tops up your electrolytes, helps the hormone balance and it reduces or stops you from getting a hangover but it's it's i think it's illegal in the uk and the us i think but how good would that be i'm actually thinking about getting some of it when i go for my stag are you yeah
0: that's interesting so is in it stops the effects in terms of it'll increase your blood sugar again because when you drink your blood sugar plummets which is why you feel so shit i as should have well. pulled it
1: up for the podcast but I'm not sure exactly exact it works, but it's supposed to be really good. Japan and... J- 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 Japan and China. I think it's both... You can pick it up on most shelves there. But I'm, I'm going I'm, to... No joke. I'm actually, for the first time, I said to you and I said to Cal, a little bit nervous about my stag because I'm in this different mindset with alcohol.
0: I wouldn't be nervous though because I know a lot of the things that you're doing on your stag.
1: Not in that way. Because I haven't been drinking that much. I know the effect yeah. of alcohol is going to be... Worse. Yeah. It's going to be less diluted because I haven't. It's going to be more intense. So that's why I'm actually thinking about getting them. Because if you think about why most people don't like drinking, is because of how they feel the next day. Absolutely. But on that performance side of it, that's why last year I did the marathon prep. And the whole thing, I called it something different, didn't I? Because every yeah. weekend I was drinking, every weekend I had social occasions on. And this is why for those people who don't want to cut alcohol out of their life, they enjoy alcohol, fine. I did the whole marathon prep drinking every weekend, mm. had social occasions. I would, I all I did was mapped out the marathon programme, the one that's actually on the myco app now. I mapped out the marathon programme, put in all my social occasions through summer for the next 12 weeks that you were coming up and made sure that no runs were the day after. i do my runs the morning of, go out at night, I a chill the next day and do steps or whatever. So you mm. can plan things and you can have balance. You don't have to be black or white with things, especially if you don't want to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I I still drank last year, even though I was prepping for 100K, but not to the same way you did. You definitely put the social occasions in more. But then also you started prep at the start of summer. So we had so much going on and you factored in, I think it's a really valuable point to make that you can have like a fitness, a healthy and fit lifestyle and also drink. Like I only drink in moderation, unless it's like an occasion where we're both like drinking quite heavily. and it just, it feels good that you can do that because it's not black and white. You don't need to completely cut it out mm. if you are on a health and fitness journey and you think, oh, God, I can't drink anything. Or you can just reduce your intake a little bit and do what you mm-hmm. did and just plan it a little bit better and not having that peer pressure. But one of the big reasons that I don't drink loads of alcohol is definitely the effects on mental health, because Alcohol and mental health are so closely linked in terms of how drinking affects your brain because it is a depressant and the way it makes you feel and getting those feelings of like anger or depression or upset or however you feel. I, when I used to drink quite a lot, my anxiety was so bad, but not just bad the next day. It was high for like a week and I, I just hated it. I was like, oh, it's because I drank. Because I I clearly knew the difference when I did or when I didn't. And, And it's really similar with things. Like, I don't have depression or anything like that. But really similar with things like depression. Because you have the spike at the start where you feel really confident and really good. And then it spirals. But then it's a vicious cycle where you drink again because you don't feel that good. And then it's a vicious cycle. So I think the effects on mental health. And if you are proactive about mental health, like, going out on a heavy blowout weekend every single weekend probably isn't your best bet.
1: Yeah. I think for a lot of people who live in the the world of the nine to five and live for the weekend, it is a vicious cycle because Mm -hmm. those forty eight hours or the Friday to the Sunday is their time to be this different person to drink a load of alcohol, get fucked up, have a good time, and it all starts again. Mm -hmm. And it's that balancing real shit Monday to Friday versus have this great time on a weekend, and people are just almost loathing for the weekend by the time it's got to Friday and having that release because they have such a shit life in the week so if life is that bad and you're living for the weekend that much something needs to change because 70% or whatever it is of your life is living and waiting for two to three days and in those two to three days you're not even in a sense of mind where you're making rational decisions or having productive conversations because You just aren't even you. You don't remember half the stuff on a night out Mm. of alcohol. So I think people who do that and are in that state of mind probably need to have a real serious sit down and take some responsibility and look at themselves in the mirror and think, is this the life that I want to live for the next Mm. five, 10, 20 years?
0: It can also lead to other (sighs) like bad habits. A lot of people who have a drink will then smoke. Get bad shit.
1: Okay, sorry. Get what? I thought you were going to say get bad shit.
0: You get the shits when you drink.
1: Loads of people do, yeah.
0: Alka poop. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how that is actually a thing? We used to have I've like. I've never call been. How at labels it.
1: that? But okay.
0: No, but when you were hungover, you'd then go for obviously a poo the next day. He's calling alka poop.
1: Okay, that's a new. One. I'll put that down in the air. Uh,
0: put that in your, your your vocabulary. The Davis
1: Dictionary. I'll put yeah, it down the in. Davis
0: Dictionary. For no, I've lost my point now. What was my point before we start? You said I said, smoking. and then you smoking. A lot of people who drink alcohol will then smoke mm-hmm. everyone at uni did it that was a peer pressure thing for me first year i have only ever in my whole entire life tried one cigarette because of peer pressure someone literally put it in my mouth and i sucked it up and then just blew it out like yep. i didn't even inhale. i didn't know what i was doing And i was like ew but then all all my bike group of people used to like oh we're going to the smoking area and you just had to go out and stand with them gateway drug what is
1: you would a lot of those people would not smoke unless yeah. they drank alcohol at some time it's a gateway drug to other actions that you and decisions you would not usually make
0: yeah and i just used to stand in the smoking area probably with my glass of water if we were in second year now and just stand there thinking "Ooh, my hair's gonna smell of smoke mm-hmm. like just like i i really don't like smoking i just like that whole thing i think it's unless like it's, smelling it. it's
1: cigar smoke
0: <sighs> still don't love when ben ben has a room downstairs where he has his cigars and his whiskeys, his gentleman's room <laughs> the other day, the other week, I should say. He was in there with his cigar and he promised me he'd get this like suction thing that sucks the air in. And I think, well, you were you with Grant? Yeah. You were Grant? And I knew they were doing it because I went into the hall. I was, like, <sighs> I was like, I can smell, I can smell the cigar. So I like box Ben into the room and put towels all down the doors, all down the sides just so it wouldn't sneak in i don't hate the cigar thing though because it's like sentimental mm-hmm. with like your granddad and things like that but cigarette smoke yeah it gets part. everywhere and it just really I, i'm not a fan of that but yeah it's you do it when you've had alcohol
1: Eff- effects of alcohol again especially for guys after consuming three pints which is can what? i
0: get your willy up no but that's also a fact, isn't it?
1: Yeah, drink dick is a thing. What <laughs> <laughs> is it called? I don't know. Just label it. It's <laughs> drink term. dick. That's well, it's called whiskey dick, right? Yeah, whiskey dick.
0: Oh, sorry. Drink dick sounds better.
1: After consuming three pints, which is pretty standard for most people when they go out, it lowers levels of testosterone by up to twenty three percent ten to sixteen hours after you've been drinking and that can then take 36 hours to resume to natural levels.
0: Oh, is that based on sport performance you mean?
1: Yes, and usually the worse the hangover is, the worst effect is probably had on your testosterone level. So if you're someone who, again, is, is training for something specific, where if you're a guy requires strength, like bodybuilding, strength training, powerlifting, whatever it may be, alcohol is gonna have an effect on, obviously the immediate effect, but also, Think about that 36 hours afterwards where your testosterone levels have been lowered. It's going to have an effect on strength and recovery as well.
0: That's really interesting. I wonder what the effect is for women. It must be.
1: Well, women still have levels of testosterone just Mm. a lot lower than what men do.
0: I find that... uh, Actually, no, I don't find it interesting. I was going to say, if the testosterone dropped as soon as they'd had alcohol, why do a lot of guys get really angry from alcohol? But if it's after 36 hours... Because usually when you're angry, you've got high testosterone.
1: Ten to sixteen hours later, it's affecting. It's
0: later; it's affecting you. Yeah, there's so many different effects that it can have on you physically.
1: Mm -hmm. The other thing that affects in terms of hormones is leptin. Yeah. So your hunger hormones. This is why when we're looking at why do I always end up in McDonald's on a Big Mac, whatever it is, cheesy chips. Yeah, chips. it's because your hunger hormones also affected by food. Obviously, your circadian rhythms going to Mm -hmm. be as well because you've been kept up past the certain point of where you would usually be in bed. So you. But it's like, what the fuck is going on? Plus, I'm hungry as shit. I could eat my own arm. That's why you generally eat at 4 a.m. in the morning or in a kebab house or a pizza house. And there's other things to do with what I was looking at as well. So there was an examination that was performed on the brains of mice. They found that um, something related to a peptide, peptide neurons in the brain, these special neurons in the front of the brain that deal with hunger and other functions are activated during intoxication. In other words, your brain, while under the influence, thinks it's starving. So this was this was done on mice, but they think it's replicated in humans as well. So it has a, an effect on one of the peptides and neurons in the brain, which, like I said, when activated thinks that you're hungrier than what you are.
0: That's really interesting. Cause obviously there's an increase in insulin secretion when you drank alcohol, so your blood sugar drops mm-hmm. and you want food, You it doesn't matter where you are. You're thinking, where is the Mackey's? Where are the cheesy chips? You're not even human when you eat it. You just kind of wallop the food in, don't you? It's like, you just get it all in. It's, it's not even human.
1: I used to do it before the night out. So we used to, to pre drink. Of course, Go you to did town. T- everyone would be like, fuck, the people used to call me Subway Steve. Here's Subway <laughs> Steve, would be walking up the street. I had to go to Subway first. I'd get a six inch, so I'd just go, gone. <laughs> and then it was back on the night out. And then afterwards, we'd go and get something else to eat again. So, yeah, yeah it does have um it does have a big effect and obviously if you're one of these people one of the biggest effects of alcohol from a physiological perspective is going to be weight gain so if people are looking to lose weight the reason why when people go sober or do the month of dry january what's the other one people do is it november Not sure. dry october rogan everyone always does
0: it probably it might be an american oh, thing sorry
2: sober october
1: sober october there we go the reason why a lot of people tend to lose weight isn't just because they ramp up the, the total amount of exercise they're doing obviously the mindset changes now because it's super focused on one thing. But if you think about all those liquid calories that you've got rid of during the week, during the weekend, and also the knock-on effect of what alcohol makes you does in terms of eat more anyway, people are putting themselves in a way bigger deficit or actually in a deficit just from cutting out alcohol itself. So it's one of the things that we, when we're talking about, or looking at weight management, is going to be a big knock-on effect with that also.
0: I was just, my Google's not working, but I was just trying to get up the calories in like a bare,
1: a beer so usually a, a, I think it's a pint of budweiser will be around 140 150 calories where a guinness i think is 130 so again guinness winner
0: save those 10 calories but uh,
1: if you're looking at a lower calorie drink that's going to be your um, spirits with a tonic water or a diet coke or a diet lemonade anything like that is going to be
0: like a gin and
1: i think it's usually clear clear spirits tonic. as well which again are going to be even less calorific if you're looking at tracking calories and stuff again if you are tracking calories one of the things to do is manage oh sorry your calorie consumption better in the day so probably do a bit more fast Mm. cut back calories a little bit don't eat nothing because you're going to be absolutely off your cake when you go out because there's nothing to soak it up um
0: also just yeah just make better choices red wine there's not really anything i can do there because i just i love it but again, I'm the type of person where I can have a glass the whole night and be fine. Mm-hmm. And if now people offer me a drink, I think also as well, as I've kind of grown up, my nearest and dearest, my close friends, no. And they're my close friends and best friends for a reason because they w- if I said, oh, I'm not drinking tonight, they would not in any sense pressure me. Like my my girlfriends, they would not pressure me. Like not, not in any sense that I'm super comfortable with that. It's the same with my Hindu. I know Meg's planning it and she she knows what I'm I like. I think it's so. sometimes
1: different with girls though because mm-hmm. when I went out last year, I yawned and someone got me three Jager bombs and poured it in a pint glass and made me drink it because I yawned.
0: I think that's like weird it's though.
1: Just, it's just, I think it's different different with lads sometimes. It's, oh, be a bit like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, Whereas
0: girls, I think we respect and understand each other and... Maybe in that sense, I don't know, but it's just my close group of girlfriends, like all over the world, by the way, like kind of wherever they are. If I'm so, oh, I'm not I drinking. i friends all
1: over the world.
0: I mean, in different like areas of the UK. In
1: different area codes. Area. <laughs> I got hoes. Oh,
0: <laughs> what is that got- song? Like,
1: Shut You don't know I that don't song. know what that song is. Area I'm too young. Codes.
0: Anyway, I don't get that pressure anymore. And I'm actually super thankful for that. And I, I can now. Just drink when I want to drink, and I'd never then pressure someone else if I'm drinking and they're not. It just it's makes one me of happy. The th- one of the
1: things is super liberating, but really difficult as human beings to do because we don't like letting people down. Is saying no, and that's one of the things from the book by McEwen, Essentialism, which was massive for me, was having the power to say no to people. Mm-hmm. And although at the time it feels really difficult, it is really empowering to say to people no. It'll let less people down, and it'll be way less kind of demoralizing and anxious for yourself rather than going, oh maybe, because then you has got the pressure on you to make a decision further down the line yeah. that you didn't want to make then anyway. So you're just in double the amount of pain. Back to this, the science and tracking and food. Also consuming more protein is a good thing pre going out as it inhibits protein synthesis by up to 37%. So some protein will help before you go out, it's not magic, but obviously we know protein is more satiating as well. So a bit more mm-hmm. protein the day you're probably gonna go out and have some drinks. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. What to do the next day? What to do the next day? What is your protocol next day? Hungover, had some drinks, what to do?
0: So I know I will have already had a lot of water because it's like subconscious that I get in and have water. But I wake up, have more water, have some vitamin C, and get outside as soon as humanly possible. Like I will get <laughs> fresh air straight away, no matter what what the weather is, just because it makes me feel less intense. I also won't train. I don't actually train when, why are you laughing? I don't when? know why,
1: sorry, I'll tell you in a minute.
0: I don't usually train when I'm hungover. <laughs> I did in Germany to be fair, but I was all right. Why are you
1: laughing? Carl, I, I know there's a story. Um, I don't know whether it involves alcohol. It might have been you. It may have been one of your friends. Okay. Did you did you sh- sh- shatter yourself somewhere when you were away? What? Did you shit yourself somewhere when you were away? You had to change your pants in a different country.
2: Oh, yeah, God. Was it after alcohol? No, that was the worst food poisoning I've life. had. Ah, That was in France. God. <laughs> Sorry. Food poisoning, yeah, no. it, allow it. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we could ate, allow it. We ate a pound of Parma ham that we got in the <laughs> discount section of a French supermarket and we were all fucking so ill. So well. Yeah, no, sadly not alcohol. Food poisoning
1: is What is a what good. one of the movies bad. where someone's put, Um, it's not diuretics, is it? What's the thing that makes you put? Laxatives. Laxatives in all the drinks and everyone's crapping themselves everywhere. There's a film where it happens and I can't for the life of me think don't what know. it is. Dumb and it. I think Dumb and It happens to one person. Yeah, the one, yeah. But there's a movie that it happens and everyone is like g- gone. If anyone remembers what it is, bang it in the comments because I can't think of what it is. When it comes to the next day for hangovers when you've been drinking, I think there's two probably different sides of the fence. One, if you're looking to be like optimal performance, probably best to either one, not train, two take a deload or three go for a walk that's if you're looking to optimize performance because mm-hmm. obviously in terms of recovery it's going to be terrible mindset different ball game i prefer to go out for a run I remember doing some 10 12 15 k's i get back and feel awesome again I had a good sweat on outdoors fresh air feel great accomplished done something hard we always feel good when we've done something hard and i feel ready for the day then even if i go out and feel like shit, i'll come back feeling a bit better even if the run's terrible I'll come back feeling better. And that's the balance that you've got to play. Do you want to probably recover and perform better for the week ahead? Or do you want to feel better for the short long term as well?
0: Maybe that's so the effect it has on you. Like, honestly, sometimes when you used to get up for those runs, I was like, no. Like, I literally, I will crumble and die. I had
1: some good runs when I was hungover.
0: But that's what I mean. It's just not the life for me. So maybe in my head, that's why I don't drink as much when I know I have. Mm -hmm. Like, honest to God, Steph is the only person who was with me on that 45K run. And that was after, it was after our engagement party. That is why we had had so much to drink. I still got up with Steph and we did that 45K run. I have never cried. I, I, I like I screamed cried. I was like, nah! like I couldn't
1: control. What did, you, what did you do?
0: Like, you know, when you start crying, but you're like, nah! like you're just making noise. And we had to stop like every like 5K because I was like throwing up like the alcohol. It was the. I do understand that that was a forty five k. It was a literal ultramarathon. So ill, and I, I've been put off for life. So I I do 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 not do that. I do go, you
1: do you do do do, no,
0: do. I go for a lovely walk with my water. I just
1: remembered because stories alcohol stories. Because there is going to be a few of them, just on the topic of shattering yourself, Carl. I we went to Malia with the lads.
0: How old were you?
1: I was. It was that image. That we spoke about in the red shorts. We
0: hate so that image. Why
1: do we hate that image?
0: I oh, I think the wrong one. The one where you're pouting.
2: I don't know. No, not that one. It's been um, just on the, on the strip somewhere in red shorts. Fucking jacked up. As well. Yeah.
1: And so it must have been about 19. Went uh, with former best mates. Second, second night when we were there. <laughs> no, first night when we were there. We'd been on the strip and we'd all split up. We'd all lost each other. So we'd all came back individually. And... <laughs> I think I was th- I think I might have been last back or third from last back. Didn't know where the fuck I was going because of the first night. Got back anyway, turned the lights on. And the room was like split in two. So on one side there was me and my other mate in the the other room I won't name names. There was uh, two of the other lads and I put the light on, popped my, <laughs> popped my head round in this room. And he's lying on the bed. Yeah. And he's got just dirt all over him. Like like mud mud <laughs> big scrapes down his leg blood everything i was like what is going on anyway look on his bed and the whole bed mattress is covered in shit <laughs> shit himself <laughs> on the head he's been rolling around me. it mate it was a, poo. It, was a poo. it was a poo. it was a poo massacre it was a poo massacre it was horrendous anyway obviously i do the right thing try and keep his liberty by waking all the lads up and showing them. So everyone's, <laughs> everyone's crying. <laughs> and then, uh, so the whole holiday, then everyone's laughing at calling shitty pants. And he was like, can we please not tell anyone? So every time he went <laughs> and spoke to a girl on the strip, one of our mates would come over and say, do you know on the first night you shit <laughs> And he would go mental saying it didn't. But what he what had happened was he got ran over, which is why he was scratched all well, to death. That's
0: not funny. It
1: <laughs> was. He got run over and then he'd shit himself and walked home with shit in his pants and then just got into bed because he dropped his pants on the side of the bed. And he, it was like, do you know when someone's like, you see in those cartoons where someone's punched out the shoes. His whole outfit was there on the side, shoes, shorts, with a massive dump in it. And that's what it was like, he'd been punched <laughs> out. <laughs> just It was like he had been replaced by a pile of poo. It was a, one of the funniest things, obviously. Effects of alcohol, everybody. Yeah. yeah. That was a, that was a funny, effects, funny time. Though. Yeah.
0: Bad effects. Oh, it, alcohol.
1: It's on, sorry, on that when we're talking about recovery and the we, we, we're jumping from pill to post here, but recovery. I even when I've run the mar, when I ran the marathon last year, my recovery on my whoop was better post marathon than it has been on some nights that I've been out drinking.
0: Yeah, mine was after my ultra. Yeah, it was worse after the races. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. The races. That's it. That. But I think also as well, you start drinking quite early for something like the races where you drink all day. I think my recovery was one percent, and after the ultra, it was two percent. What was the
1: most drunk you think you've ever been?
0: In my whole life. Yeah. It's Probably a time at uni that I can't remember.
1: It's ideal, isn't
0: it? It will, but I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would be able to remember that quadro night was quite intense. Yeah, are you,
1: for me? That was probably one of the, the most drunk that I've seen you. Because
0: that quadro tasted like juice, so I'm thinking because yeah. I didn't know That's what why was it's in it. it. I was like, ooh, blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> Just carried on drinking then. So yeah, I can't really remember. Much of that and I said Well what you, you call, have me? you got have
1: you got a memory where you think that's the most drunk I've ever been in my
2: life? I think first year of uni I found that apple flavoured Smirnoff vodka doesn't taste like vodka, it just tastes like apple y stuff. I went through like probably three quarters of a bottle of it. I was <laughs> so What was mort- that? Sorry, what drink was it? It was like Smirnoff apple vodka. Yeah, okay. It wasn't like a liquor, it was like full vodka but apple flavoured. I went through three quarters of a bottle and I'm so mortally drunk the next day. It was I was still I woke up and I was like, Oh, I feel fine. I realized I was still completely fucked. I had eight hours sleep. And I remember I was <laughs> I, I was the first one to move into our uni accommodation. And the, so I'd, I hadn't done like a shop. It was like first night of uni. And the only drink in the entire house, because I don't like drinking water that much, was like lime cordial. And I had to drink like just litres of lime cordial. Yeah, it's bad. Disgusting. Good. What about you, Ben? Where's I, you I been think there?
1: I've got two i can remember one when i was really young so is it is the legal drinking age in france 16. yeah it's france, yeah man. so it was when i went on a family holiday but with with, with my mate daniel looney loves to drink we went and we'd met this group of other guys and girls so we used to go into the forest before there's just they kind of <laughs> <laughs> what was that for
0: you always do it to me I'm a bit of your own medicine you
1: And <laughs> um, anyway <laughs> It was, do you know, do you remember those kind of like teen elites or those kind of things where they had the, the teenage clubs and, and younger clubs? They had one in um, France on this camp plate thing we stayed in. So we met this p- group of people. We'd all go into the forest and have like apple sours and stuff. And now that I've always must have been just 16. So I was wankered off this drink, me, me Danny, this group of people. I remember just linking on this girl. I was wankered stumbling down the steps and at the bottom of the steps, my dad's standing there. Oh no. Yeah. No, no. He is. Turn around, leave. <laughs> no, I was, I was d- Dutch courage drink. He was like, what the hell are you doing? You doing? I went, <laughs> I'm going, 16 to drink in France, you dickhead. I <laughs> <gasps> you should have seen you yeah. yeah, I know. But I got, like, I, I had the Dutch courage and I had the law on my side. So I was yeah. like, no, no dad. Yeah. I'm wow. drunk and I'm allowed. And that wow. was, that was the other time I think p- possibly was the podcast we spoke about last year when I did the hello, my name's Benjamin Halden. this is my first drink. Oh my god!
0: Oh yeah!
1: You, I said to you before we go out, oh, don't get so drunk that I have to carry you home. I was almost on a dog leash on the way back because I, I couldn't walk. I,
0: I, I so we're at our best mates' house. It's only 500 meters <laughs> to walk back home. I, ha, I Ben's a big guy. I'm big girl. I'm strong. Holy fucking balls! Ben is like on me, and I had to walk him. He couldn't walk, and I've never experienced anything like it in my life. And you were just like, you were just like annoying. Like you would run off, and then you'd roll on the floor. And I was like, oh my god, I'm not going to get him. You threw up as
1: well. Right? I no, but I never be sick ever. And so I couldn't be sick. And I remember our friend Paddy was trying to make me sick, (laughs) and he had his. Hands so far <laughs> down my throat trying to make me sick. I could taste his elbow. Honestly, that's how bad it was. Disgusting. It was disgusting. And I still couldn't be sick. I still couldn't be sick. I was sick a little bit in the end.
0: Yeah, it was like, I don't know. Just that. Yeah, that is. That was yeah, a lot. That was the worst I've Again, ever seen Again, that was because it was a drinking
1: game of, oh, this is my, my main Yeah, this is
0: my like 18th drink. Yeah,
1: I think we got about 20 drinks. I've got a video on my phone. Oh my God. It was, yeah.
0: Because obviously, me and Ben are talking here. Like it is like we have had some amazing times together with friends before we'd met like with alcohol and like family occasions and it's one of those things don't ever feel like pressure to drink like do what you want to do in like different circumstances like i well i say i won't drink loads of share we have like four occasions there where we will hen stag's wedding yeah the we- the wedding obviously we can't wait for that and you have different occasions. and You also go through different periods of life where you do and you don't want to do things. But I think the biggest wrap up from this podcast is definitely be your own person and don't have that peer pressure and social anxiety to do something that you don't want to do. Like you are literally your own person. You do not need to drink alcohol if someone is saying you're so boring for not drinking. But like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Like don't Don't bite at it and don't succumb to that pressure.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things we tried to do in this podcast is speak about balance and see things from both sides. We've had some great times, but I think for us, I can speak for both both me and you, we've got different priorities, different goals. Things are bigger than us that we want to achieve and impact. Mm -hmm. And that means that the sacrifice sometimes that we have to make with alcohol going out as much at this moment in time is probably a little bit bigger. And at the moment, I'm quite happy
0: I'm really happy
1: Happy to to make that, but there's going to be different periods in in your life where you will and won't have to do that. But I think the main thing is that you take away from this is make the decision for you, not for other people, Mm. and start to feel confident and feel how empowering it is to say no when you want to say no. Absolutely.
0: That was the wrap up. Indeed. That was the wrap. If you... Enjoy this podcast. Obviously, don't forget to review it. Subscribe to YouTube, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Yeah, We're please always leave a, please grateful leave for a review you.
1: because we um we need some this month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So give us a review. Yeah, no, we do really appreciate them. We we read them, they're wonderful, and we appreciate you so, so very much. Obviously, don't forget with the coro not so fit five, you can get discount. And that's all I have to say. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye.